0: Hello there, my name is Samantha, it is Mushtar FM 89.6 and today we are going to discuss a very interesting topic. International families. Multicultural marriages are not uncommon today and children in such families speak at least two languages, mothers and fathers, adapt more easily to a new environment and are generally more adaptable than their peers. It was considered by psychologists. I also was upbringing in international family, so I would like to tell you my little story about my international family. My father, is Spanish, but uh, he was born in Cuba because my grandfather and grandmother immigrated from Spain to Cuba. At this time, they felt more comfortable there. My father was born there. He lived there until 18. And then he went to Kalingrad, to Russia, to... Uh, USSR, exactly. And uh, he was studying there, studied biology. And uh, also my mom was born in Belarus, but she studied in Kaliningrad, And then she stayed in this university, worked with uh, international students. And, of course, she met my father, who was a student. And my father fell in love with my mom from the first moment. <laughs> my mother is older than... My father about nine years. And except this fact, uh, started to build the relationships. But there was difficult moments because my father needed to return to Cuba after his studies. And my mother didn't want to go to another continent. And they were thinking what to do because they were in relationships for five years and then they got married and they were together in marriage for more five years before they decided to create the full family with me. My parents, they didn't know where they will live and they were waiting to decide everything because it was 90s in Russia, it's a very insecure time. Everybody wasn't sure what is going on. I was born in the end of 90s. When my parents have decided surely that they will stay in Russia. And this is my story of creating international family. As I have considered during my life, there are a lot of aspects that are very important in building healthy international relationships in family. So, psychologists noticed several aspects of building relationships depending on the characteristics of nationality and all the consequences sooner or later questions arise in different topics. For example, faith. The first aspect is faith. If both parents are Orthodox and Christians, this is one thing. And if one of them perhaps professes Islam, Buddhism or Judaism, this is completely different. As for me, my mother is Orthodox and my father Catholic because he is Spanish Because I was born in Russia, I became Orthodox, my father wasn't against it. In any case, from my early ages I respected all religions and we celebrated both Orthodox and Catholic holidays. Uh, To say truly, I had true Christmas. Nobody in my kindergarten and school didn't understand why I have traditional Christmas with Santa Claus and and also Orthodox Christmas. And still this time, I always try to celebrate both holidays, the Orthodox and Catholic. I believe that growing up in an international family develops an understanding of the diversity of the world in different aspects, as faith, as tradition. Talking about faith, I know a lot of parents allow their children to choose their religion by their own and I believe that it is the best choice. Also, another very important aspect in international family is identification. For example, in many schools in England, boys and girls are still taught separately. It is common stuff there. In Japan, for example, up to a three-year-old child is allowed to do whatever he wants. Talking about the Russian children, they don't have this opportunity at all because Russian parents are very strict and they try to have the discipline over the child. And, for example, in Europe and America at Christmas, especially Italians, children are very pampered. Because of the parents, they allow them everything on this event. Another very actual and important aspect in international family is responsibilities. Norwegian fathers or an equal footing with women can officially take Maternity: leave and do it with pleasure. I can not imagine this in Russia because <laughs> fathers need to work and they don't have legally permit to leave the work in order to raise up children. And it is very interesting that in different countries, their own rules, their own responsibilities. And also, I have learned Norwegian uh, some time ago, and also there were classes about Norwegian culture. And in most cases, especially father stays with home, cooking, etc., and mother can work uh, a lot. I can't imagine it in Russia, but it is very interesting that the world is so diverse. Also, the family's responsibilities can be very different around the world, as I have said. While feminism is getting more and more popular in USA and Europe, in Russia... Women are more dependent on men, in family life especially. It is usual situation when wife leave to work and start to spend all the time at home taking care of children and creating comfort at home. In Russia, in most cases, husband is breadwinner and provides family with everything. And the wife creates a pleasant family atmosphere and home comfort. Of course, in a lot of cases, wife also works for different reasons. For example, if the family wants to buy the flat, if they have a lot of children, they need to earn more money. And this is why in some cases, women can combine the housework and also the usual work. I know a lot of cases when woman is working from nine until six, and then she is going to home to prepare dinner. And another very interesting and actual aspect in international family is budget. You know, like it again depends on the nation. In most cases, it is very actual question that directly connected with such event as feminism, as I think, because, for example. My friend from Netherlands has told me that for first few days a guy, pay for the girl, but then for sure girl will treat to the boy. In Italy and Spain, as I know, they split the bill in half. It depends on the person, but in most cases it is connected with tradition in the country. Talking about the Russia, it is a common situation when the guy invites a girl for a date and he will always pay. And it is connected with traditions. If the girl will refuse to get coffee or dinner from a guy, but she went with him, and if she will suggest to have a half bill, for the guy, in the most cases in Russia, it can be disrespectfully. It's because the idea that the man is breadwinner, he needs to uh, take care of of the woman. So it is very interesting that uh, there are so different traditions in countries around the world. And you know, what will be when we'll meet the girl, for example, from Russia and the guy from Germany or Netherlands that get used to pay half and half? This is the problem and this is also the solution because even of all these traditions, if people love each other, they get used to each other and they need to adapt to new aspects of life. And they can make a dialogue about their traditions and can decide what they will do. For example, talking about the budget, they can decide if there will be family budget or sometimes will pay the woman for man and the man for woman, or if they are going out, the man will pay for the woman. So in most cases, for the first time, it can be difficult because you get used for one model of behavior, and then you need to get used to another one. But it is pretty nice that we have this opportunity for international relationships in order to exchange these traditions from different countries. So, the next, another very interesting aspect in building international relationships is age of marriage. In most European countries, usually people get married only about 30 years. Because during their 20s, they travel a lot, have parties and and try to build career. Completely another situation in Russia and also in some eastern countries, a lot of young people get married around 20 years. And I have real examples of it. A lot of my friends are already married, but I'm only 24. For instance, one of my friends got married at her 20 and when her future husband was only 18, it was just after 8 months of relationships. And another couple decided to become wife and husband when they were 19 and 21, respectively. So, as you can see, early marriage in Russia, it is common situation. And I believe also in Asian countries, in Arabic countries, they get married even in 14 and earlier. But talking about the Eastern countries, it is another situation. And it also can become stumbling block in international relationships because a girl from the East can feel stressed not to get married for a long time if her partner from the West who get used to get married only above 30. And also, there can be the pressure of the family. Because it is a common situation to go to the wedding ceremony in Russia. And if you above 23 or more, all your relatives will ask, and when you are going to marry? We are waiting for your marriage, when we will go to your wedding ceremony. And this is a common situation. And a lot of my friends and also me feel very stressed and we feel the pressure of this situation. Because one of my friends who are not getting married, because they want to prepare for the marriage and to do their best to buy the flat. And every time when they are going... To the wedding ceremony of their friends or relatives, everybody is asking them, when will be the wedding, where waiting, when will be the children. And it is a lot of pressure in, for example, Russia or East countries to be in this situation. When it is the international marriage, you can feel a little bit stressed about it. But maybe no, and you will get used to live with their Eastern standards. It depends on you. Of course, it depends on you. And one and the main aspect in international families language. Mostly, in international families, children are bilingual. Often, there are parents who oppose this. I had the situation when I should be bilingual, but I was learning only Russian. The story is that my first words were in Spanish, maybe because of the genetic, and I couldn't even to start speak Russian. It was very hard for me, especially with pronunciation of Russian sounds, because Russian sounds and Spanish sounds are very different. And I went to a special kindergarten when I had the lessons. language teacher said that my parents shouldn't teach me Spanish at all because sometimes it is very hard for the child, especially in early ages, to learn two languages at the same time. And this is why my parents decided to stop teaching me Spanish and the situation completely changed. I didn't have problems anymore. Of course, because my father then moved to the Spain, I wanted to learn how to speak Spanish, but it was when I was 15 by my own. And you know... I feel like my native language is Spanish because I get used to it very quickly. I didn't get any special courses, any special lessons with private teachers. I just watched some YouTube videos, just read a little bit about grammar in Spanish. And then when I'm going to Spain, I start to speak Spanish very quickly. And my father was in shock when I started to speak Spanish. And with the correct pronunciation, I believe, and also my parents believe, it is because of genetics. Yeah, so, talking about other aspects of language, of teaching a child in international family. In international family, children have the opportunity to speak the languages of each of the parents, and sometimes in English. In order for a child to speak several languages, it is very important to follow a few simple rules in communicating with kids. It is uh, essential to constantly speak with the child in both languages in everyday life. For example, in childhood, this is absurd much easier and will be natural for the baby, for the kids, and the gens will help. As I have said about my story, that the Jens helped me then to speak in Spanish. If the child goes, for example, to American school, it will be very nice to talk to him more in his native language at home. So, for example, Dutch language. And it is a very interesting fact, I will say about it, that a lot of Dutch children, they speak English from their early child. It is a very common situation there. Talking about the international families, it is very important to make a tradition to speak two languages every day. For example, to read books with the child in one or another language, sing songs, play language games, etc. To get involved with the child in learning two languages. So, as you can see, they aim to have the balance in languages, to find a middle ground and communicate with him in one or the other language so that both are native and natural to him. It will be very interesting to diverse languages' activities, connecting them with usual things. For example, cook the dishes of one country, for example, Netherlands, and another country, for example, Russian. Naming the ingredients and actions with them in the language of this country, yeah? If we are cooking, for example, Blini Russian dish, you will name the ingredients in Russian. And then, for example, to cook some Dutch dish and name all the ingredients in Dutch. It will be very interactive and very interesting for the child to get knowing, especially not only the language, but also the traditions, traditional cuisine, etc. In addition, through action, vocabulary is observed much more efficiently. Also, a very good opportunity in order to learn both languages communication with the relatives. It's very important to let the child communicate with the grandparents of the mother's side, for example, in their languages, and on the father's side in theirs. It will be very effectively for them. As an example, I can tell about one family, father's friends. Uh, the husband there is from Spain and the wife is from Netherlands and they are living in Netherlands in Amsterdam. They have a very pretty nice girl and she can speak in three languages in her seven. It's incredible that she can speak English, Spanish and Dutch. And I have seen how quickly she switched between the languages. With father she spoke in Spanish, then with mother in Dutch and with me in English. It was incredible because from the early ages their girl can speak in three languages. As for me, in my own opinion, I believe if there is an international family, it is very important to speak in different languages. Because then the child will adopt more quickly in other countries and in other situations. The language aspect is connected with adaptation. Children from international families quickly settle into any parish and, on the wall, find themselves more free. It is very easy for them to communicate with people from different countries because since they are not tied to a particular nation. I believe because of this fact I am a big fan of traveling. I have been in 30 countries and in every trip I try to communicate with natives to learn their new words like thank you, hello, goodbye. Because, as for me, it is respect to natives to speak with them in their language, in their country, as much as possible. I remember the story when I just arrived to Istanbul in Turkey. In most cases, Turkish people, they can speak English and also they can speak sometimes Russian. I'm very surprised. Uh, I always think about it, how they can speak so many languages. I believe that they have some ability to learn foreign languages. So, yeah, and to return to the story, the first place that I have visited there in Istanbul, it was kebab, because I was very, very hungry after my trip. And when I got my order, I asked how it will be thank you in Turkish. I could even say, of course, thank you and it is all. But I was very interested because, as for me, in every country, it's very important to say thank you in their native language. Now I'm living in Hungary and the first word that I was learning, it was kasanem, thank you in Hungarian. And in Turkish, it was teşekkürler. I was learning this word for a week and I tried to communicate with every Turkish person and say them teşekkürler. and they were always smiling and I saw that they were very appreciated by this action. Even I don't speak Turkish, but I tried to speak in their native language and to say thank you in Turkish. So, I believe that it is very important to speak a lot of languages. Talking about adaptation, I am from international family and I always get used very quickly to another country. For example, I am in Hungary only for 2-3 weeks, but I feel like I live here for half a year. Of course, it was a little bit hard for the first time, because it is my first moving and I have a lot of important people for me at home. But except this fact, after 2-3 days, I started to feel comfortable in new country, actually in Hungary. Maybe especially because of that fact that I'm from an international family, I applied for cross-cultural program in universities. For me, it is very interesting to explore other cultures, their traditions, style of thinking, peculiarities. The world is so diverse. All traditions of different countries were forming for centuries. In spite of all these, all be the same. And this is why people in international couples find common ground. Talking about International Day of Families, of course, there is a big celebration of Families Days around the world. It was founded by the United Nations in 1994 and it is observed every May 15 to honor the importance of family. Families both traditional and non-traditional are the foundation of the society. Our most formative years are spent with our families, of course, and those people are likely the most important people in our lives. So they should be celebrated. Talking about International Family Day, there will be good to say about Michael J. Fox's quote, Family is not an important thing, it is everything. I believe that it is illustrates the importance of the family. In this case, it would be very interesting also to say some words about the history of the families because the celebration of International Family Day is connected with this topic. While families today may look different than they did thousands, hundreds of years ago, they are also equally important now they were then. As we can see, the importance of family stayed for the centuries. Of course, we are working a lot, we have our hobbies, but the family one of the important things that we have in our life. The United Nations believed families important enough to recognize them through a Day of Observance and in 1994 chose May 15 as International Day of Families. The UN went on to establish this Day of Observance and each year select a different family-focused theme to address worldwide challenges around education, poverty, health. On an International Day of Families celebrate all the eccentric traditions that you and your family share. Of course, every family is unique. And there are... Countless stories, memories and adventures we all have shared with our family that are significant only for us. So it will be great just to take this day as an opportunity to share with your family how you feel and how grateful you are to your parents, siblings and even extant family for providing you with the all necessities of this life. The UN has several advices also how to celebrate International Family Day. And one of them is to go volunteering with your family. It will be great to join one global celebration by working together with your family on a project to benefit the community. Example, to go to the shelter together. As I have seen when I was in shelters, there are lots of families that are going, not even an International Family Day, but every weekends together to help the dogs. Also, there's the opportunity to help to build home for those who need it very much, etc. There are a lot of ways and opportunities to make this world a little bit better with people who you love. And another very interesting way is to build your family tree. It is directly connected with the topic of international families because you can find the relative from different countries. For example, when we made it with my family, it came out that we had the relatives in France, a little bit in Turkey, etc. It was very interesting to get to know that I had relatives in different countries. So, every member of the family can get involved in building family tree, and it is something you can keep for, well, generations, you know? You can invite grandparents and older generation to provide valuable information realities you may not have met. They will appreciate being asked about family history and enjoy telling stories of which family member. There are many online tools to capture family tree data and also companies who can help find long-lost relatives. So, another activity that you can have is to organize a community family picnic. What does it mean? There might be many families in neighborhood that would love to get to know one another but just haven't figured out the best way to do it. A picnic is a perfect occasion to bring people together. It will be amazing to plan icebreaking activities, for example, to get to know one another better and then enjoy a delicious meal together. As you can see, there are a lot of activities how to spend this International Family Day together. For example, in Spain, it is usual that family spend all this time with the family. For example, if you will go somewhere on Sunday in Spain, a lot of shops, restaurants, they will be closed because everyone spend this time with family. And it is necessary to say why International Family Day is so important. First of all, of course, it highlights the importance of family in society. If we have stronger families, we will have stronger schools and stronger communities. A strong family unit can help each member feel more fulfilled and better about themselves and the world. It also provides a real-life example of how the human family can work together to create a better world. Also, it reminds you that all families don't look alike. Every family is different. Family can be defined in many different ways. Also, different countries and International Day of Families recognize that. Some families consist of children, some do not, some consist of one parent, others more than one. International Day of Families is about more than just celebrating those who share DNA with you. It's about celebrating all of people you love. And also, it is an opportunity to have critical conversations. International Day of Families is a time of celebration, of course, as we have mentioned, but it's also a time for serious conversation about some of the challenges that families around the world face. Many families are dealing with issues like poverty and healthcare, employment and child rearing. And today we should promote awareness and a better understanding of some of these challenges. So, as you can see, this day is very important for the world because it not only unites people, but it also helps to understand the problems that the people face at this time. And it is the opportunity to upgrade the sphere to help a lot of families and just to share your love with your relatives. In the end, it will be very interesting to tell you some peculiarities about families in different countries around the world. I would like to tell you for the first about Germany. They celebrate the first day of school in German way, A celebration called Enschulund. I'm sorry, maybe it's not correct pronunciation. School welcomed students with the assembly. Afterwards family gave the children Schulten, large paper of plastic cones filled with school supplies and sweets. As I see, it's a very nice tradition and it can be accepted in different countries too. Another family tradition in Japan is honor ancestors. It is a special Japanese way. Tradition, Japanese homes have a small family altar, butsudan, as a sign of respect for elders who have passed away. I believe that it is a very respectful way to have a memory of the family. It is connected with ancient Japanese traditions of their rich culture. And talking about another tradition, let's talk about India. They care for all animals. It is the Indian way. Children learn that all species are interconnected and interdependent. So they teach how to respect animals. And I believe that it is a very important, very good way of children's education. And another interesting cultural aspect that also my friend from Netherlands have said is exchange personal poetry. It is the Dutch way. So what does it mean? In Netherlands families exchange not only gifts, but also poems during their Christmas event Sinterklaas, the Dutch winter holiday season. Older children and adults each draw a name and write a poem about each other. Uh, The poem usually has puns, the more funny and personal the better. On gift night, people sit in the circle with the hot drinks and everybody reads the poem they receive out loud. I believe it's a very cozy tradition to have the time together with your family and to read all these poems and then to collect them to love together. There are a lot of, a lot of traditions in families from different countries. And it's very actual to build also the international family world When I was in France, I have seen a lot of posters with international family, when the wife from Spain and the husband from France, etc. I see that topic of building healthy international relationships is very important. So, thank you that you have been with us. See you soon. Bye-bye.